Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates during events like General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery. We want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us on this journey as we learn what it means to be Free Methodist in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. Hey everyone, it's November 6, 2017, and it is episode 33 here on FMC Radio, and uh, we're happy to be here this morning. I say we, um, meaning myself, so I don't know why. It just sounds better, I guess, to say we're here and we are excited, but actually it's just me again. So <laughs> so anyways, to all that to say, uh, we do have an exciting episode here for you. We have an exciting episode for you today. Um, and that would be that later on today, we are going to speak to Jason Dunn. And that name may sound familiar to you. He is the former frontman of Hawk Nelson, a uh, very popular Christian band. And uh, I used to listen to uh, Hawk Nelson um, all the time, and in fact, I still do. Um, they have a different sound now. Uh, you've probably heard them on K-Love more recently and, and those types of things, but they have a, uh, a different sound now than they used to have, um, and not that it, it, that um, you know their old sound is better or their new sound is better or anything like that, but um, it, it's definitely a different style of music, and I know there are many fans out there of the original Hawk Nelson that really enjoy that style that they had. Um, and uh, it's exciting to hear that Jason will be coming back with a new project here. So we were able to speak with him. That will be coming here after our break today. And uh, we did have a little bit of a of a um, issue with the audio. Um, some of the parts um, I, I felt were a little hard to hear, um, but I listened back to those uh, to this interview with headphones, um, and I could hear Jason more clearly when I was wearing headphones versus just uh, listening out of my speaker. So I did want to point that out, that if you have trouble hearing what Jason's saying, you may want to put on a pair of headphones. Um, or, you know, if you're in the car or something, just turn up the sound a little louder um, because uh, something uh, coming through the phone for some reason, it was just a little muffled um, during parts of parts of Jason's interview. Um, so I did want to point that out. But before we get to that um, interview with Jason, a few things that I wanted to talk about this morning. Um, first and foremost, I was over on Twitter, and uh, we do have a, a Twitter page. Um, you can go on to Twitter, and if you use it, uh, search for FMC Radio. And uh, I interact with people over there on the Facebook page, um, uh, the Twitter page as well as the Facebook page, um, through email, through the through the show voicemail, but. I was over on um, the Facebook page, and I uh, happened to see that a church in Michigan had done something cool. It was actually a youth group and a kids program came together. Um, and now, you know, coming being from Ohio, we don't usually uh, expect to hear good things coming out of Michigan, right? Um, for those of you who may live on the West Coast, you say, well, "What are they talking about?" Well, that, that's just a that's just a nod to uh, Ohio State versus Michigan football. Um, so, but we don't expect to hear something good from Michigan being here in, in Ohio. However, we did hear something good coming from Michigan and from the Hastings FMC Church in Hastings, Michigan. Um, this past week, they were able to get their kids and their youth together. They were able to pack 100 shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child. I know there's many uh, churches out there that are a part of this, but if you're unfamiliar with it, Operation Christmas Child is a um, 
is a uh, a ministry, I should say that. It's a, it's almost a missions type thing, but you're able to pack items into a shoebox and send it overseas to a child that would otherwise not have a uh, Christmas gift. And it's a pretty cool thing. It's been going on for many years, but uh, this church here with their youth, they were able to pack 100 shoeboxes for uh, the children that otherwise would not have had a gift this Christmas. And uh, I think it's a little bit too late um, if you're out there listening. It's the first time you've heard about it. It may be a little bit too late for you to jump on the train for this year um, because they do need to get those uh, um, in and processed, those shoe boxes, and, and, you know, all the way shipped over by Christmas Day. So this year, I think it's a little bit too late for you to jump on the train. But be thinking about next year, uh, maybe you could, you could, uh, join with your church and and like Hastings did um, pack you know as many shoe boxes as possible um, for these children in other news uh, we have you may remember back to um, episode 14 it was uh, I don't know how long ago but several months ago we talked to will Moser Peterson um, and uh, he there was some news this past week that his wife Roberta um, is actually going to be producing a documentary. It's going to be called Lived Experience, and uh, our friend here who was also on the podcast, the movie reviewer, Denny Wayman, he is going to be working with Roberta, and they're going to put together this documentary that's going to be covering the ministry experience of women pastors. This is supposed to be coming out in April of 2018, and I'm sure, I mean, I, I, I don't know. According to this article that I was reading, I will put the article in the show notes, but according to the article, it didn't get into the details of, you know, if it will, you know, feature some of the bishops, if it will feature um, some of some of the, the people that maybe we spoke to here on the show. I'm not sure. Maybe the Junia Project. Um, I'm just guessing. We don't know uh, yet who all is going to be featured in this documentary, but we do know, um, not necessarily the specific names, but we know that women are going to be the focus of this. And as it says here in the article, it says that, you know, some of it's going to be maybe hard to watch or hard to hear because you're going to hear some of the the horrible things that some of these women have heard about themselves or faced um, when when they try to uh, go into a pastoral uh, ministry. And uh, men or others who disagreed with them were very uh, vehemently against it. And so you're going to be able to hear some of those stories, but ultimately what it's going to do is going to be able to to bring people to a realization of the problem, of the issue, and it's really going to bring people together. At least, of course, that's the hope, and, and I don't see why it, why it wouldn't. Um, but this will be a great thing, and, and as far as I know, there's nothing out there like this right now. So look forward to that coming in April 2018. This documentary, again, is called Lived Experience. There's a whole article about it over on Light and Life, uh, the Light and Life magazine page, and I will um, put a link to that in the show notes, as I mentioned. Now, <clears throat> those are some, some exciting things that are happening, and uh, unfortunately, in our world today, it seems as if you know we need to uh, hear about bad things happening as well, and we need to... Uh, it, it can be easy to overlook those or to you know just not talk about the hard things or the bad things that occur and to just kind of move along with, with, okay, here's the next good news and let's get on to Jason's interview. You know, that's exciting. But unfortunately, we do have some bad things that go on and it's best to face them. Um, now, I know that, that pretty much everybody has probably heard by now about what happened yesterday, uh, Sunday morning, November 5th at the church in Texas. 
the shooting, uh, uh, it seems as if it's almost every other day. You know, we heard about the Las Vegas shooting, and then we hear about uh, this shooting, and, and it's almost um, to the point where you hear it and, and you just go, oh, wow, another shooting. You know, you remember back in the days of Columbine, remember how big of a news story that was um, because it just didn't happen. There's a kid came, two, two kids came in, and they started shooting, and, and they killed other kids, and wow, that was, that was just insane. And it's still a big news story what happened yesterday, but to a point, um, because now it's just become an average everyday thing. People go, oh, wow, another shooting, you know, another shooting happened. And it's almost like it's becoming all the time now, isn't it? <clears throat> so for some people, it, it's, it can get very scary, very quick. And in fact, um, the reason, one of the, one of the main reasons I'm, um, talking about this this morning, as I mentioned, I mean, you you probably heard this news. It's not as if this is news that I'm bringing to you new this morning. But um, the reason I'm speaking about it this morning is because we actually had a listener write in today, um, earlier this morning, and uh, before I got the chance to record this intro, and um, the listener asked if we would talk a little bit about this today because this listener was very um, concerned and feeling very afraid. And, uh, you know, they, they have a role working at their church, um, you know, and this is some things with the PowerPoint and uh, doing some other things as a part of the, 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 um, the service. But they're getting more and more worried. You know, just being going to church can be a scary thing now, nowadays. I mean, that's crazy to think, but we have to face the facts that, that that's what a lot of people are facing. And maybe you're out there listening and, and you're saying that's what you're facing is this fear to even, even just go to your church service. I mean, you're scared, right? Um, I just want to say on all of that, we have to remember uh, the words of Jesus in Matthew 4, 27, he said, be not afraid. And he said this time and time again. That was just one of the many passages I could, I could pick out, Matthew 14, 27. But, you know, the, the angels, they always said, you know, do not fear. And, and, and time and time again, this is the message of, of Jesus and the message of God to us. Be not afraid. And you say, well, okay, I, I want to trust God and I want to not be afraid. But how do I do that? And without getting into the whole topic right now, because, you know, we could go on and on about this, but um, you need to know that the Holy Spirit has been given to you, that God gave the Holy Spirit to you. And in fact, the Holy Spirit is God, but he's, he's in your life. You invite him to come into your life. You invite the Holy Spirit to guide your life. And what the Holy Spirit will do for you is you could be the, the most terrified person, scared, shaken all the time, afraid to go out of your house. And if you humbly and sincerely ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life and you ask him for courage, all of a sudden you're going to walk out the door and you're not going to be afraid. And it's not going to be because of your own strength. It's not going to be because you suddenly, you know, uh, look deep inside yourself and find some courage. It's going to be because God is going to give you, the Holy Spirit is going to give you supernatural strength. And uh, Jesus said, you know, some people ask Jesus, well, how, how, how could we get this strength? You know, how could we, um, you know, get the Holy Spirit in our lives like that? And he said, well, it's just like if a, if a child asks their parent for some food. He said, that parent's going to feed their child, right? And he says, how much more would God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So today, if you're living in fear or you're a little afraid, um, I want to encourage you not to let that hold you back from doing what you would need to do, and especially not from letting it hold you back from, from 
living your life as God would have you have you live it. Um, and in fact, just keep remembering what Jesus said, be not afraid. And I ask that you would stop, even, even pause this podcast right now, and just ask God to uh, give his Holy Spirit, that his Holy Spirit would come into you and that you would have that supernatural uh, courage and strength and love um, that would not make even sense to you maybe but that you would have that and you don't have to be afraid about these situations. Um, now, we can't expect to, that, that we won't continue to see these things happen. Um, Jesus said that it will get worse and worse. You know, as time goes on, we'll see more things like this, more earthquakes, more natural disasters, more shootings, more, you know, we see these things. Um, but we can't lose heart about it. We can't just hold ourselves up in our house and, you know, be afraid. We need to continue the mission which is to go reach out to people, love people, change lives through the power of the gospel. <clears throat> that kind of leads me into um, the last thing I'd like to talk about before our break here today, um, and that is uh, a guy that uh, passed away um, this past week, and uh, we had the funeral uh, for him with the family, and there were many people in attendance. He was an older guy. I believe he's in his 70s, and uh, his name was Dale Garrett. He's a free Methodist. He was a part of the um, New Middletown Free Methodist Church, now known as Freedom Church. He was there for many, many years in Ohio. And, uh, you know, so a lot of people knew him as a, as an, a guy who was involved at the New Middletown Church. Uh, many other people knew him, and many children knew him as Santa Claus. He would dress up uh, throughout the year, especially around Christmas, and go visit children. He would, uh, one of the most amazing stories about him, you know, you, you think, well, you, you see people who dress up as Santa, you know, they go to the malls and, you know, they make some money off it and stuff. Okay, that's great. You know, it's fun for the kids. But, but Dale took it to the next level. Dale actually, uh, he, would meet, he would see these kids that he knew the family didn't have the money to buy the gifts that they were asking him for. You know, they're sitting on Santa's lap saying these things, and these were poor families. They didn't have the money to, to do anything. So, so Dale would, would, you know, get money for showing up as Santa. He, they would get paid these, these honorariums for, you know, playing Santa here and there. And so what he would do is if he knew a family didn't have the money to pay for the, the gift that the child you know, wanted, or for any gifts, he would use that money that he that he that he uh, got from playing Santa, and he would buy gifts for those poor kids that couldn't afford it. So he was known as Santa to some. He was known as you know Grandpa to others, and and Dale to many people. Uh, I know he he had all different sorts of names, and he loved riding his motorcycles. But why am I telling you about him this morning, right? I mean, you got we got listeners all throughout the United States and all, all over the world, and and. Um, you know, you say, well, that's great. He was a great guy, but, you know, people pass away all the time. What, what does that have to do with the podcast this morning? You know, that's the question, right? Well, Dale, uh, Dale, uh, like I say, he went to the church that I worked at in New Middletown before I started pastoring this campus in Canfield, Ohio. And um, around, it was last year, actually, it was uh, last year around Christmas time, he came to me. And uh, he, he said, hey, I'm going to give you a gift for Christmas. I said, oh, okay. You know, I, I, I knew him pretty well, but, you know, this is, it's not a huge church, but it's a large enough church that, you know, you get to know people. But there's sometimes, you know, in a church you have your, your close friends, and then you have kind of the people that you know, hey, I know this guy, and I know a lot about him, but 
I don't, we don't really know each other super well. And then you kind of have the people that you don't know much about. Well, Dale was right in the middle there for me. You know, at that time around Christmas, I, I had met him. I talked to him many times. I knew his name, knew his wife, you know, family members, um, and knew a little bit about his life. But it's not like we were super close. So I said, oh, uh, okay, I didn't expect a gift or anything. And he said, well, uh, you know, I'm just so thankful for you being here, being our youth pastor at our church. And he said, uh, he said, it's just been been great because, you know, you're a great influence in my granddaughter's lives, he said, uh, with Emily and uh, Mary, which are his grandchildren. So I, I said to him, well, but, but, but Dale, here's the thing. I said, Emily and Mary, your, your grandchildren, they, they are pretty busy kids. I said, they, they're involved with play. They've got band. I said, they're able to come only every once in a while, they've only been able to come a handful of times. And, you know, Emily came on our winter weekend, you know, she's going to go to winter weekend. And there's all these cool things, you know, that along with that, but, but it's not as if we're able to, you know, I'm able to spend a lot of time because she's so busy. They're so busy, you know, and he said, well, even though it's only been a little bit because of their schedules, he said, it's, it's a big impact. And he said, I want to give you a gift for Christmas. He kept saying that. So I said, oh, okay. So, uh, you know, the next week came and he, I, and I don't know where he got it from. I don't know if it was his own personal or if he, if it was from his honorariums from being Sienna, but he gave me, he gave me some money. He gave me a, a pretty significant amount of money that next week. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I couldn't believe it. But what's crazy in the connection to this podcast is that Dale, that money that Dale gave me actually helped me to buy the microphone to, to produce this podcast. And so without Dale, without this guy who said, you know what, I'm just gonna, I just wanna do something out of the ordinary. I wanna, I wanna to to reach out and give a gift to somebody, you know, that 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 he didn't know me very well and I didn't know him very well back then, but but he decided he was gonna give me this gift. And because of that, now I'm able to to share what? This is episode 33. We've been able to share 33 different uh, interviews and podcasts and things that have been transformational for me and I know from speaking to others, uh, transformational to people all over the world and all over America. And we can trace that all back to Dale Garrett giving this gift that allowed me to, to buy a microphone. And when I think about that, it reminds me of a quote from this guy named Mike Leonard, and he wrote a book called The Ride of Our Lives. And in this, he said, in the complex equation of life, a staggering number of human connections are made. All it takes is one person, added or subtracted, and the final balance changes in ways impossible to calculate. It's the factor of one. And I think that's true. The Dale Garrett factor of one. If you take one person out of the equation or you add one person, everything changes, right? And that's exactly what happened with Dale. If, if, we, if he was not a part of my life, if he had not given me that gift, I don't know where the podcast would be today. I'm sure we would have had the money by now, but would it have changed? We don't know. It's like it's like Mike says, a staggering number of connections are made, and the final balance would change in ways impossible to calculate. There's no way to know how it would have changed. But I did want to uh, give a shout-out to him today. Now, he's passed on, and, and, and we feel sad about that, right? We say, well, when somebody dies, we feel upset or sad. But actually, you know, he's happier than he's ever been. You know, he, he's in heaven. He's with Christ. So... Um, I want to. I want to. Um, I wanted to mention that today and say maybe you could be the factor of one for somebody else. Not that you have to give them a monetary gift or something like that, but how could you get involved in somebody's life 
and be that factor of one where they could trace it back and say, this person came to my life, they said something, they did something, and it, and it totally altered the course of, of what happened with me. I want you to think about that as we uh, take our break here, and when we come back, we will be with Jason Dunn, um, now, uh, formerly of Hawk Nelson, now of Aid and Effect. Return around, face the crowd, we're starting over. This time north of L.A. Once again, here we are. It's a new beginning. I leave this life any day. I feel so alive, though part of me is gone. In this life I lead. The life that I dreamed of since I was the age of 12 Now I'll sing with all that is within me After 36 days on the road, lights go down The noise is faded, we leave this town anticipated Soon we'll be back on the road again Welcome back to FMC Radio, and today we are doing something a little bit different. We have been talking um, the last several months and weeks to different people in the Free Methodist Church about different topics and different um, things that are going on, but today we want to take a break from that kind of a thing, and we want to, uh, we get the chance today to talk to Jason Dunn, um, who is the, uh, one of the founders, I, I might say the founder, the front man of, the former front man of Hawk Nelson, and he's starting a new project. We're going to talk to him about all that sort of stuff today. Jason, thanks for coming on and talking to us today. Glad to be here, Josh. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I, I've been listening to Hawk Nelson since the days of Letter to the Pre- Letters to the President. I have the Green Tea from the Green Tea Tour. Um, yeah. We have it all. So, I mean, I have the bobbleheads. Um, so I was a fan of Hawk Nelson for a long time. But let's back up even further than that. Like I know your song, um, 36 Days, um, it has a line that says that you wanted to do this since you were the age of 12. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about growing up like with this dream of wanting to be involved in music and why you wanted to be involved in music? Yeah, I think um, ever since I was a little kid, I remember, I suppose her name was Melissa Armstrong. She went to my school. I was four years old in kindergarten, and I remember her taking violin lessons. And I remember just kind of sitting in the back of the classroom watching her, and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. And um, I remember after my mom and dad, they put me in violin lessons, and um, my mom didn't. She put me in piano, which I'm very thankful for to this day, and that kind of paved the way for what I grew up to be, which is a musician. And... Um, yeah, so I started dancing the time I was 12 years old at the song stage, and um, played the band all the way till today, and I'm still playing in bands. It's been an incredible journey for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's taken different forms over the course of different years. Um, I mean, it, it didn't start with Hawk Nelson, did it? I mean, was there was there kind of like some garage band type stuff before that, or? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Hawk Nelson was a garage band. You know, we started playing. Just uh, our local scene, we played uh, just wherever we could for the longest part of well, the better half of three years. And um, we got our break when 
our fellow friends from South of the Cook had to cancel a show in the United States and put up name in the ballot, recommended us that we played it. And we played that show and uh, the rest of history. That's awesome. You obviously started up Hawk Nelson with four of your friends. So how did that kind of come together, and what was that journey like? Talk us through some of those years. Yeah, we uh, actually, me, me and my friend Matt and Dave, we started a band called Swish. And that was, our, that was kind of like our band through all high school. And um, we had a, a friend, Chad, who played along with us. And in the year 2000, living in the Y3K, our band won a battle of the band. And as a prize, we got for free recording time. And, um, yeah, and some shows or whatever. And that recording time actually forced our band to split up. And Chad wanted to leave. And so we, we were like, well, we're still going to go for it. At this point, I was 16 or 17 years old. And we kind of at this point made a decision that this wasn't going to be just like a fun garage band. We were going to go next level, you know. So we formed Hawk Nelson and brought in a guy by the name of Dan Pirro to join us. From, we played in another band. And uh, so Dan joined uh, with us, and we started Hawk Nelson. And that's what we continued to do for almost 15 years. And, um, yeah, I left five years ago. Dan continued on with me. And, um, yeah, that brings us to today where Matt and Dave and myself have rejoined and formed Aid and Defense. Yeah, so so before we get to Aiden Effect, um, just a, a, a few more a few more things I was going to ask you, like kind of in the in the in between years. Um, so yeah. like you you um, you stopped uh, you, you uh, moved away from Hawk Nelson, um, and you were kind of doing your own music for a little bit of time there. Um, and actually, I remember seeing because um, I've been friends on, with you on Facebook for a while, and I remember seeing uh, it was like a short. Like, I don't know, maybe it was like five minutes long or something, but a little short documentary kind of just walking through exactly kind of what you just said, like walking through your early years of life, like then you came into Hawk Nelson yeah. and then quitting the band and moving on with some solo stuff. And there was this, um, I, I really remember liking that video because it was just kind of like a update and, and it revealed the progress that you had, uh, that journey that you had been on throughout your life. Um, what about, I, I know, um, I, I don't think Hawk Nelson has at least as far as Letters of the President and, you know, those early albums. I don't think it was ever, I could ever call it a traditional, you know, quote-unquote Christian band wherever it's going to be, you know, that, you know, it's going to have to say Jesus in every song or anything like that. But there was an aspect of faith, of course. I mean, you guys wrote these songs. You wrote songs that had to do with, you know, faith in one way or another, even if it didn't come right out and say it. Um, how has yeah. your your faith, you know, whether it's, you know, coming from those those years in Hawk Nelson, then those transitional years, now moving into this band, how has that faith, you know, progressed or shifted or changed or whatever, however we want to say it, but how has it changed over the years? Um, I guess the best way I can try to describe this or explain this is um, now that I've been home for almost on three years now, I've been leading worship at my church. And there is an element, you know, like when you leave worship, there is a complete release, I guess, and it's just an amazing thing that God does through, through worship music. But um, I think with Hawk Nelson, when we started that, it wasn't it wasn't about worship, but it was more about ministry. And for us, you know, like I said before, we were in high school, you know, so like 
we be playing these songs and shows for our friends, for our peers, our classmates. And um, not that we were ashamed of Christ or anything like that. It was just, it was just a different approach, I guess. And I've kind of always looked at it this way. When we play shows, people are going to come to the shows whether they believe in Jesus or not. Yeah. And people want to go hear music. And I, I, I go to shows. I try to share with you. I don't really go to catch the message. And maybe that's wrong of me, but I, I just want to, I want to be entertained. And um, that's kind of the, what we brought to the table. We were entertainers, and, and uh, we had fun with what we did. But people went away with something, you know, because even if we didn't necessarily say in our songs, but just the way we acted and the way we are, the way we carried ourselves, I think that reflects Christ. And I, I hope that reflects Christ. And, and that, that stays true even to today, you know, with aid and effect. And uh, we keep the same mission statement, you know, that's, that's our whole approach at life. And um, just even just in day-to-day life, even when I'm not playing music, the people I meet in the streets and the people I talk to from time to time, they know, or I want them to know there's something different about me, you know? I want them to know that I go to church and I have a relationship with Jesus. So that's, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, and I think I think you said it. You know, uh, there's that old phrase that says "actions speak louder than words." That's probably an oversaid statement, but it 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 really is true. Um, you know, it doesn't have to. There are many bands uh, out there that do have you know Christian lyrics in every single lyric, and and yet you know, if we were to maybe look at some of those lives, it's not really lining up with what they're singing. Um, but I, I think I can say, you know, I think back to that Hawk Nelson album that was named Hawk Nelson is My Friend. And one thing that's kind of cool is like, uh, again, over the years, it's not that, you know, you had to give a big sermon. Um, but after the show, just the very fact that pretty much every Hawk Nelson show I can remember going to, knowing, you didn't have to wonder, I wonder if the band's going to be there, if they're going to spend time with their fans. It was it was a sure thing. It was like, if you have the time, which was pretty much made the time every time, you guys were there and you were going to spend time with people and just, you know, hear what people have to say and spend time with people and, and make relationships and surprisingly remember people um, sometime later. I don't know how your guys' memories are, but a lot of times you'd remember the faces and be like, hey, yeah, I remember you. And like, like actually have conversations <laughs> on a longer, you know, over the course of the lifetime that you could actually legitimately say, this band, I feel like this band is my friend. Like I actually have a relationship with these people. Um, and that's something that, you know, I can say from personal experience that I, that I can thank you for. And I, I hope, and I hear you saying that you want to continue on with your new band as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's one thing I do, I did appreciate while being with Hawk Nelson is the amount of, uh, appreciation that the guys and myself, but like, I, we appreciate what people, that people support us. And that's such a... That's such a huge thing that people would come to our shows, and um, I, I know the Hawk guys are still like that. It's, uh, it's full force for sure. Um, but yeah, I just um, I'm very thankful to be a part of that, and um, yeah, I, I hope to continue doing that in the future too. Awesome. Well, let let it, I guess let's talk about the the, the future then, because. Tell us about how Aid and Effect came into being, because it does have a big connection to the early Hawk Nelson years. So tell us about it. Absolutely. Well, Dave was the first to leave Hawk Nelson. He left right after we recorded Letters to Fuzzy. Um, we recorded Letters, and then we continued to tour. We did a, about 280 shows that same year. So there's no downtime. There's no going home. And um, I think it kind of really caught up with us all, but I think it hit Dave the closest. 
Uh, you know, he was newly married and was never with his wife, and I think it just really, it got hard. So he tried bringing his wife out on the road, but, you know, four stinky guys living in a van with a, with, with a girl. And it just, uh, it, was a hard, it was a hard thing to set up. You know, we, were, we lived off of $5 a day, so we were, like, buying hamburgers at the McDonald's up the dollar menu, just kind of living off <laughs> that. And that's, that's the way to start a marriage, you know? So I came back early on, and then not followed soon after uh, for the same reasons. But um, I, I, I really felt when days left, and that, I guess, but, like, the same thing days left, the creative energy was gone from Hawk. I felt um, when he brought to the table, he was he was a driving force behind the creative. We had the song for a lot of the Hawk songs, especially early on. And he left, you could feel, you could feel the, uh, the change during transition, I guess. And then we got Jonathan Sanger to play, uh, play guitar for us. And uh, just, John's a great guitar player, just a different guitar player, you know, he brought a different element. And um, just to play, just to be back together with Dave, playing and writing music together, it's, uh, I really, I really missed that over the years. It's really great to, to reconnect with Dave and Matt and, and uh, to start writing music together again. Yeah, that's awesome. What what does um so so well first of all, you guys are gonna be recording all new music, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's gonna be an all new album, and then I think I just read that it's gonna be it's not gonna be until 2019 when you guys are gonna take this all and go on the the full tour, right? Well, that is really a plan because 2019 is the 15 year mark for Letters to the President. Because when I say this whole thing started, we're gonna do one or two shows. It's a just to say we did it, you know, do letters to the president, front to back, do the whole album, you know, and just, but hey, we did it, maybe film it and see what happens. And then once we started dreaming up the idea, new ideas started flowing, and now we create a whole new band and a whole new bunch of songs, and yeah, we're going to the studio next week to start tracking these records. Yeah. So, so what, do, so Aid in Effect is the new name. What does the name mean? Where did it come from? Uh, when Matt and Dave left, the band, they started this project, and we're going to start writing and playing together um, under the name Ace Effect, but just things never take off, and I'm a firm believer, Josh, everything happens for a reason, and I'm glad it just take off. Yeah. I'm waiting for me to get into the band and come back home and then present the ID, and I was like, absolutely, let's do this, boys, so, um, so we are Ace in Effect now, me, Matt, Dave, and Jake Gibson, our new friends, who we love. That's great. So the so it was a it was a name that was around but never really took off. And so that yeah. <clears throat> am I am I right in thinking that aid and effect kind of is that is that going back to like kind of what we already talked about a little bit, but that idea of reaching out to people like aiding and affecting lives and and being a part of people's lives. Absolutely, that summarizes yeah everything we talked about just in, in our whole lives as a band. Like that was our whole mission, you know. Mm-hmm. The, uh, everything that you listen to affects you whether you know it or not, you know? The music I listen to is, if my favorite song comes on the radio, I'm going to be going probably 20 miles over the speed limit because I'm into the song, you know? It affects everything, you know? And hopefully our effect is a positive effect and it aids people that are hurting or people that are struggling or suffering. Hopefully that music can bring them some heals. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that I, I liked about... Um, a lot of the old music is you have of, of the original, you know, Hawk Nelson's albums would be that you have those songs that are, you know, more fun songs, um, 
more, you know, you go to the concert and you, and you expect to hear them like bring them out and, and, you know, hello and those types of things that you can even put in a kazoo and, and kind of have even more fun with it. But then there's also songs that were on the albums that were more serious that connect to people that have, for example, lost somebody um, or, you know, um, a relationship that was going well or ending or whatever. So can we can we expect to see some of that as well, some of the, the fun, but also some of the serious as well in, in what's upcoming? Absolutely. Um, right now we're because we have been, we've been doing a lot of writing lately, but because we've had a lot of catching up to you, and, you know, Dave and Matt and I, we haven't really connected in over 15 years since they left the band, you know, because, you know, we kicked, like, they were my best friend, and we kicked them out of our own band, and it, was, it wasn't an easy decision to make, you know? So there was obviously some awkwardness and some, you know, a little bit of struggle between us, but um, time heals, you know, and we've kind of, you know, we've, We've, we've made amends and we're, we're back on track again, and it's amazing. But we've kind of been writing about uh, just kind of starting over again and, and just kind of a long trip down memory lane, which there are some really fun things you sing about, but there's also some real things that we want to continue to, to touch on. And the topics of like depression and, and anxiety and suicide, like those are real issues that, and I feel like more and more today, it seems way more common today than it did 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah. That's awesome, and so obviously the um, the uh, audience is is anybody. I mean, anybody who wants to come, anybody who wants to listen, anybody who can relate to these songs, um, anybody who listens. I'm sure you guys would would love to, you know, come to the concerts and be a part of listening to the music. But um, we've been talking recently uh, here on the podcast uh, about some different ideas, and and one of the things the Free Methodist Church has been talking about is embracing all. And, and reaching out to specifically finding like what groups are not usually reached out to, like maybe the poor or um, the refugees or you know those types of things as a denomination that we're looking for. But is there a, a certain group or that you guys are are maybe like, hey, we'd really love to like reach this group or that group that's not really uh, very you know kind of overlooked a little bit in today's modern music culture, I guess. Uh, maybe not really. We kind of, I want to play for the world. I want to play for everybody. But I think from like a personal standpoint, I kind of always had this outlook on life from the time I was a kid in high school to even today. You know, like, um, I was never, I didn't really fit in a category in high school. You know, I was never the jock or the, or the you know, whatever, the, the preppy guy or whatever. I was never in any kind of mix there. However, there were kids that were bullied, and all the kids that were bullied, I kind of tend to take their side, and not bully the bully back, at least fall from the make him realize what he was doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And in a sense, it's sad that it still goes on as adults. You see people that just get left, and they just but I don't know if it's just like himself, but a poor hand in life, or whatever, but I've always had a heart for those kind of people, and, and maybe it's they may not even be music at all, but just from a personal standpoint, that's something I'm always on the lookout for. And um, and I can just think of a few guys that I know just from just around town that just being a friend is so important, you know. And I think that's going to be I don't know if this is even a band conversation now, but just from a personal standpoint, you got to be friendly to people because you don't know who you what they're going through, and you don't know how you're helping just like. Just by being famous, just by act of kindness goes a long way when you realize it's not. 
Yeah, and it seems so small to you or the person that's doing yeah. it. You say, oh, it doesn't make a big difference, say, to, again, stay after a show and, and talk to some people. Well, okay, whatever. What, what's that, you know, what's the difference that makes? But to that person, you know, that person is, is depressed or on the edge of something and they have a conversation and it, you know, it surely changes someone's entire life from something seemingly so Absolutely. small. So, it is. It's all about the little things, Josh. Like, I'm, I'm still talking about this from like three weeks ago. A guy, I was, I was at the drive through of a coffee shop. I was to pick up a coffee. And the guy I didn't know, he bought the coffee for me. And I'm still talking about it. Like, the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. That's three weeks ago. And that, that, that's the perfect example. Just little things in life can go a long way. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so true. So you know, people who are listening, just just reach out to people, regardless of you know what you think. Oh, this won't make a difference. You don't know if it would make a difference. So the job is, as we've been saying, I think we said this on a, on a previous episode, but the job isn't to. You're not responsible for the outcome. You're responsible for going out and doing it. And hey, the way that person responds is not up to you, but it's that you went out and did it. That you went out and reached out to the person. Um, yeah, that's right. You're that's absolutely what you can do. right, Josh. So, um, I guess uh, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to think. I'm, I mean, there's a million different things that I could probably ask you. We could be talking all day about things, but um, I, I think that uh, for sure we're excited to see what's going to be coming. And, and now, is the album coming out next year? Is that the, what you're shooting for? Well, it's so funny, man. Because like back in the day, you just like, okay, we got to get these 14 songs written and ready to go. Then we go record for two months. Nowadays, it's like you release single by single, so. We don't really know. We're just going to be in the next couple of weeks and just keep doing one song a day and we'll just see what we come up with. If we get them all done in time, we'll put a record in. If not, we'll just, we'll definitely have a single for the new year for you. Awesome. Well, I get that to you when it's done. Well, we'll look forward to a single and uh, hopefully, once you get them all together, I, I hope you guys put out some sort of album in terms of an actual physical seat. Some people, some people don't use them anymore. I don't know why, but I, I, I've been so sad recently. Like Reliant K, they never put out physical CDs, and I always have to. I'm like, why? I don't want to just get digital. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so yeah. Hopefully, at some point, you guys get enough together. We get a, we get a CD to be able to look at and hold. <laughs> but that I just might be me. Awesome. Awesome. Well. Of course, after you guys finish up with the, with the album and you get the tours going, um, my ultimate hope as well is that we can see you returning to the Fringe stage at Creation Fest. So that's a future thing. But yes. That would be a beautiful thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, we may have to make a call to Pastor Harry after this. So. I think so, yeah. 2019. <laughs> 2019 Creation. Okay, we'll shoot for it. Yep. So I'll put it on the calendar now. All right, yeah, go ahead and, and look, I don't know if the dates are posted, but go ahead and try to schedule it in, so. Just schedule myself in there, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> just show up. Just start playing. I mean, at some point, there's going to be no yeah. one up there. So if even if you're not scheduled, just get up on the stage. Yeah, we'll see if something happens there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us. And again, we're going to be very excited. I know um, we, we kind of put a little thing out online just saying that we were going to be talking to you and... So many people were like, oh, I love the original Hawk Nelson. Like, I love, I'll be so excited to hear this. And so and there's a lot of people listening that are really looking forward to hearing what's to come. So thank you guys That's again. Exciting. I really appreciate you having me today, Josh. Thanks again, buddy. All right. We'll talk to you soon and can't wait to hear more. All right, Josh. All right, bye. Billy,